Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and get a unique WordPress website or store right away. From there, you can customize your design, colors, and content. And Bluehost automatically helps you get found in search engines like Google and Bing. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins, Bluehost makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. Hello, I'm Derek McGregor. You're listening to the William Hill-sponsored Sunsport Football Podcast. I'm joined by Gareth Law. Gareth, you well? Very well, Derek. Thanks for having us here. Not a problem. You come cheap. Am I the only one in the office today? I think, your, I? your opinions yeah. are always valued, nevertheless. Another fascinating weekend in Scottish football, Gareth, especially the relegation zone in the Premiership. I mean, first of all, Inverness, Cali Thistle, do you think they are now doomed, even though mathematically they still have a chance? I think a lot of people, I certainly thought they were doomed a good few weeks ago, I think. Everything around the club right now seemed to have been doom and gloom. The club gave, gave Richie Foran what was a very long contract for a guy who was totally untested in management, never mind management at this level, and it's clearly come back to bite. I think he's tried everything. He's tried the armour on the shoulder. He's, more often than not, he's tried the, he's tried the blast. Don't think it's worked. Um, and I think I think they are down. If, if they if they were to come back now, I think it would be <laughs> maybe one of the one of the biggest uh, recoveries uh, you, you've seen. I witnessed their defeat at Kilmarnock <coughs> on Saturday, and I have to say, in fairness to the Highlanders, they were two 0 down, and at that point they could easily have just chucked it. But I have to commend them for the spirit they showed. You know they, they came back into the game through Alex Fisher and, and threw everything they could at Kilmarnock to at least try and salvage a point. So I, I have to give them the due for their spirit. I, I think though, what you say, they salvage a point. I think too often they've been trying to salvage something. Mm. To me, both Kilmarnock goals summed up their season. Catalogue of errors at the first one and left exposed at the back for the second. I mean, Fisher scored, but Fisher should have also opened the scoring in the opening minutes. He had a one-on-one, put it wide, and again, I think that's another element that's really, I think, been a story of their season. Where they really have needed quality, they've been badly lacking at it. Yeah, I think, I think again, should have scored. There's been plenty of should haves in their season this year, I think. Yeah. And I mean, a few weeks I was up up in Inverness and saw them play Kilmarnock, and um, from memory, I think they just played one up front. And you're thinking you know, you, they were needing goals. This is a team that's been struggling, and. and at home they just played the one up front and I don't know whether well, there must be a reason for that but this, there clearly seems to have been a problem with recruitment and there clearly seems to have been a problem with the, the, the quality they've got in there I mean clearly they're a club with limited resources but is it as straightforward enough as saying the manager has not been good enough and obviously in turn the recruitment's been nowhere near good enough is it as straightforward as that? I think it's fairly straightforward I mean I think Richie Foran has admitted himself that a lot of times this season he's admitted you know, he's got to take a share of the blame for things he, he's admitted his recruitment could have been better perhaps at times he's been too honest he's said too much when perhaps he should have he should have kept a bit quieter and, and maybe some of the things he has said has then not made that a happy camp in the dressing room. But yeah, I mean I think both on both accounts I, I don't think the quality's there and I don't think I don't think Richie Foran's done a done a, done a good enough job as he has admitted himself. Although if somehow he was to stay in charge for next season, uh, you know, if as we expect he'll be in the championship, do you actually think he'll be a better manager for this season, or is that a decision that the board have to make? Well, now? it's a decision the board have to make, but you could well be right. But I mean, 
you know that's that's the that is the problem when you're learning your ropes in the top division you haven't got chance to develop whereas ironically if they were to go down it would maybe give him chance to develop as a manager mm-hmm. it's now given their defeat at Kilmarnock it's now officially out of their hands and of course ironically they're now having to depend yep. on their Highland rivals Ross County beating Hamilton Ackies tomorrow night do you see that happening and, and even if it does do you still think it's pretty much irrelevant for Kelly Thistle in terms of their predicament their future do you, you think it's now it's a I, th- I mean I think they are down a formality. I, I, yeah. I, I can see I can see Ross County beating Hamilton tomorrow night we saw what happened on the weekend with Hamilton I don't think that's uh, you know they're not exactly going to be uh, going up there full of the joys of spring after the weekend and you saw the issue with the the fans and Mikey Devlin at the end it was a big big defeat that I mean clearly if Ross County do win and you know and, and as we're saying they do Cali Thistle the favour Inverness then have to win at Dundee 24 hours night. later really yeah. do we see that happening not the way Neil McCann's got Dundee playing right now I think two wins and a draw under Neil McCann I think a lot of a lot of us were a bit um, sceptical sceptical surprised call it what you want when he went in there he's, he's certainly turned things around they're effectively safe now and and yeah, you can see you can see Dundee winning that one. I think there was quite a few people looking for Neil McCann to fail when we went into that job. I think there's a lot of you know, I think there was a lot of perception of a kind of smart Alec T V pundit. Well, yeah. You know, how would he get on in a dugout and maybe even managers within the game. Yeah. Some of them that were getting fed up with some of his comments and thinking, Well, how, what does he know about management? Neil McCann shot up a few people, wasn't he? I was at his first game in charge at Fir Park. Credit when it's due. Yeah, and he and he came in afterwards and he, he was talking about how 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 they played that day, which was hitting Motherwell on the counter, was purely for that game alone. I think he's actually, you, you know, when you hear a lot of managers say, well, or managers and players say, we don't really take not take notice of the opposition, but we concentrate on ourselves and what we're going to do. I think what Neil McCann does is actually takes note of the opposition. You know, quite a bit of mm-hmm. importance both on both on things like what the opponents do when they've got set plays and these kind of things. But he looks at how the opponent's going to play and then looks at how he's going to. He's going to beat them that way. That day, Motherwell counter-attacking football was what he thought was best. He said, "We're going to do that uh, for this game, and then we'll look at the next game individually again." I must admit, I recall when Gary Neville took the decision to to leave the Sky Sports Studios and take the Valencia job, and I had admiration for him because he was taking himself out of a comfort zone, an area that he's mastered. Exceptional pundit. To then almost like put credibility on the line, we take the manager's job, and obviously subsequently it didn't go well for him, and he he, he duly gets slaughtered. But I always admired him for trying it, and the same applied when Neil McCann took himself out of the TV studio to go in a dugout. And again, credit where it's due, he's proven himself. Well, in his press comments, he said it wasn't a risk for himself, but it might have been a risk for the club. I thought it was a risk for Neil McCann yep. because it might not have been a risk for him and the club. Yeah, but uh, but a risk for Neil McCann's reputation as a pundit. <laughs> you know, we've seen that with Gary Neville. As I think Jurgen Klopp had a little pop back at him earlier in the season. You know, I think Gary Neville had criticised Liverpool. Well, Jurgen Klopp said, "Well, I think he was a manager once, and it didn't go too well for him." And and that can happen. So if things had gone wrong for Neil McCann, how can he then? How could how could he then? Obviously, he could go back to the studio and criticise, but. You know, it would look a bit rich then, wouldn't it? At the particular time and the predicament that Dundee were in, I thought it was a ballsy decision by the people who owned Dundee, the Americans that owned Dundee, and also on McCann's part to take it. And you can only applaud them. You can, it was bold and it's paid off. Right, if, if, if you were if you were in charge of a business that wasn't performing well, 
the last thing you'd probably do would be look to appoint somebody with no experience in, 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 in the post to, to, to lead that business back out of the doldrums. Yeah. So, and, and that's, I mean, I know football is not like business, but you could apply that. It, well, let's imagine if it had gone the other way and Dundee had continued in free fall, they would have got slaughtered. Yeah. can, the board, what are you doing? Reckless. But, you know, it was real bold. I mean, I, I don't think we should forget that you know, yeah, he's a rookie, but he, he has had that experience as Jim Jeffries, assistant manager as well. Yeah. So he's not going in there completely blind. And he uh, has worked for top managers. Yeah, but it's one thing being able to talk a good game, and it's another thing being able to, to put it into practice. But let's be also brutally frank here, Gareth. <coughs> Paul Hartley. If you're Paul Hartley and you're looking at the response of those players under Neil McCann, are you entitled to feel, hang on a minute here, there were guys that were conning me and conning the football club. How are they suddenly producing now? No, you're right to say that. I was at Paul Hartley's last last game in charge, what turned out to be his last game in charge. And I was staggered at his honesty, how calm he was, how honest he was. He said it virtually tried everything. You think that honesty possibly killed him as well in the eyes of the board? Possibly, possibly. I think they probably probably knew it as well. But it's, was, st- it's still an indictment in the squad, isn't it? 100% it's an indictment. There, there were things, I mean, for example, that day, Paul Hartley's last game in charge, he was playing. You know, he started playing Paul McGowan in a in a withdrawn role. The first thing Neil McCann did when he took over was put him back in the position where he he'd effectively made his name. You know, playing off the off the front, and he was one of the best players on the park. So, so I don't know. Is that Paul Hartley pulling Paul Mc, Paul McGowan back into us into a deeper role and it not working out, or is that Paul Mc, Paul Hartley doing that because he's tried everything and he and, and he's at his at the end of his tether. You know, has, has Paul McGowan not done it for Paul Hartley like he's now doing it for Neil McCann? There's, there's certainly been something done there, which is, which is. I mean, it might, it might just be. I think it's more than a, than a change of a, of a voice, but we've all seen that happen in the past. You know? Yeah, certainly. You know, balancing my, my cynicism is the fact that you know that can just be life. People can respond to different voices and different methods. Yeah. So it could could be a straightforward case of that. And as I said, we have to give you know Neil McCann credit. But I also find it intriguing that Paul Hartley's assistant, the, the hugely experienced Jeremy McCabe, stays with Neil McCann. So there's still an element of the previous regime, and yet the players are now suddenly up in their game. Yeah, It's a good talking point. We look at the playoff issue, I, I, I mean, how decisive a result do you think, Gareth, was Motherwell's win at Hamilton on Saturday? H- has that settled it, or do you still think, in terms of the playoff position, there could yet be a twist? I, think, I don't think it's settled yet, but I think... I think if you're a, if you're Hamilton, you've got to be a bit concerned, or you've got to be very concerned, just from a statement, a psychological blow, and obviously lacking the three points on the weekend. I think they're in trouble. I just, I just think again, I, I saw them beat beat Dundee in Dundee. I think it was three or four weeks ago before the split. Hamilton won that day. Mm-hmm. That in fact, that was Paul Hartley's last game in charge. You thought then maybe that was going to be the win. It was going to do it for Hamilton. You look back on the season, maybe and think that was when they got out of it. There seemed this pressure release at the end of the ninety minutes when Martin Cannon came through, when Mikey Devlin came through. They saw it as a big result, and I just wonder if, if not complete, they didn't become complacent after it. But the, the, the pressure felt off after that result. Whereas, and, and, and I'm not saying they've stopped playing, but Martin Canning touched on it before, ironically, before the Motherwell game, that sometimes they play their best when the pressure's on. Now, didn't that didn't work on the weekend? But after that Dundee result, it almost felt like that was the game that, in their heads that, that they'd survived. Safe. Yeah, they were safe. And and it's, it, it may well come back to, to haunt them. So I, I think I think right now, if, if 
I'm not a betting man, but if I was, I'd put Hamilton on on, on finishing in the uh, in the bottom uh, bottom two. We look away from the relegation issue, Gareth, and St Johnston, solid win over Partick Thistle, guarantees Europe for the fourth time in five seasons. Yeah, remarkable achievement by Tommy Wright and his squad. And Callum Davidson, we need to give his number two Callum Davidson credit as well. You know, we, we consistently praise Tommy Wright in the podcast, and quite rightly, I think. But you know, do you continue to be amazed that he's still there in the first place, Tommy Wright? That he doesn't more often get linked with English clubs in particular? No, it's, it's a it's a fair question. Um, I don't know why it is, particularly because he's had a career down south as well. So it's not as though he's... He's a good name, he's well known now. Yeah, totally. I think up here now, possibly, his achievements, as you say, we talk about them every week, but because the the, the more they do it, maybe the less it's appreciated, Mm. if that makes sense. The fact that, you know, it's it's almost to be expected that they're going to be up there. And when you look at the number of players who have left over the years, the amount of squad rebuilding and reshaping he's had to do on a on a small budget the, the achievement I mean if you, if you could have a manager over the last five years he would have, he would probably be in he'd be very high up on the on the, the list of contenders purely for what he's done you, you, you never kind of you never go to a St Johnston game and expect to see them rolled over at any point there's been times he's I mean they've got the measure of they've had the measure of Aberdeen even he seems to be able to work them out. So yeah, I think you can't say enough about what what Tommy Wright's done since he's gone in there. It'll be another big summer, Europe to to, to plan for again. But you've always got confidence. We, we talk about recruitment being a massive part of the the game nowadays, well, and, and and he's and he's achieved so much in in bringing players in. Some we've heard of, some we haven't. And I think you're going to ask about another one now. <laughs> well, you 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 know you mentioned recruitment, uh, Gareth, uh, quite rightly, because that's a huge part of Tommy's success. And uh, our colleague Robert Thompson today in uh, the Scottish Sun reveals that. Tommy has earmarked Stefan Skugel, former Livingston uh, midfielder, now just been released by Sheffield United. He's earmarked him as a replacement for the outgoing Danny Swanson. Could that be a typically shrewd move, Gareth? The thing that's always followed Stefan Skugel around is his stature, his height. I think he was let go by Hibbs as a as a kid for being too small. Danny Swanson's no giant, and he's no, been very effective, no, of course, hasn't he? Slightly different players, I'd, I'd argue, but he made his name at Livingston and then got what was a great move down to Sheffield United. Played a part in some of their uh, their cup runs down there. Um, he'll be coming back a more experienced player certainly, and he's a Tommy Wright kind of signing. I would say in the sense of you know he's a he's a guy who I'm not saying he's been forgotten about up here, but he's not. He wouldn't have been your first the first name on your lips, I don't think. But because of his stature, I know what you say about Danny Swanson. Danny Swanson's got a lot of pace on his side. I, I wouldn't I wouldn't say maybe Scooby's quite that same type of player. But um, yeah, I could see him being a shrewd, shrewd addition to Tommy's squad. Hi, my name is Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic, and I'm excited to talk to you about Club Med. Club Med operates beach and mountain resorts and is the best all-inclusive getaway for families. They have Club Med Punta Cana, their flagship family resort, and many other options in Mexico, the Caribbean, and around the world. Club Med are the pioneers of the all-inclusive concept, which is the best way to vacation. Great for families, groups, or even solo travelers looking for land and water sports, delicious food and a place to make unforgettable memories. Visit clubmed.us, call 1-800-CLUB-MED or your travel advisor. Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com. Website creation is hard. 
But now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and get a unique WordPress website or store right away. From there, you can customize your design, colors, and content. And Bluehost automatically helps you get found in search engines like Google and Bing. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins, Bluehost makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. You're listening to the William Hill-sponsored Sun Sport Football Podcast. I'm the football editor, Derek McGregor. I'm joined by Gareth Law. And we're, we're discussing the merits of Tommy Wright and... Gareth, frankly, I look at Tommy Wright and, you know, with the greatest respect to Pedro Cascina, someone who, through his press conferences and, and after-match chats, you know, on a personal level, I think he's a very likeable guy. Mm-hmm. You know, he's, he's achieved another victory at the weekend. He's he's facing a massive uh, summer in terms of recruitment. But you know something? I think Tommy Wright would have been a better choice for Rangers as a manager. He, he knows the game up here, Derek. He, we've talked about recruitment. Rangers have... One of one of Rangers' biggest problems has been recruitment, as we all all can see. So yeah, I think there were a lot of things going in Tommy Wright's favour for that job. Why he didn't get it, we'll never know. I think if there's one question mark, people or I say a question mark. I should maybe make it more clear and say maybe people wonder: Could Tommy Wright deal with a far bigger budget? Because we've seen it before. Managers will yeah. go from a, a, a smaller resource club to a bigger club with more money and find it difficult. Could Tommy make that kind of that kind of uh, transition? Uh, we don't ever know by one, you know, yeah, clearly by we, if it happened. But yeah, I, th- I think I think he could, but I also think the other thing that's going for him is is you talk to the players at St Johnston and they talk about his man management mm-hmm. and that that costs nothing. That's not budget dictated. That's just a skill he's got. Yeah, that would go wherever. Yeah, it took him. Yeah, yeah, and I, and I think that would be. I think he would know. I think he would know. I think he's in, he's, he's kind of he's intelligent enough that way to know how to treat different players. For example, you know Stephen McLean doesn't play him on plastic pitches. I know that's not man management necessarily, but you know he, he, his horses for courses. He he knows what makes individual. He can spot what makes an individual tick, and 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 then get the best out of them that way. Man management tactical noose. I mean, yeah. You know, and then recruitment after you're, you're pretty much covering really what it needs to be to be a good manager there. Yeah. No, many, many congratulations again to Tommy for another superb season of achievement. Celtic Aberdeen, Gareth, you know, the Scottish Cup finalists. Celtic have gone to Pataudry on Friday night and really sorted them out again. I know, I mean, Celtic were 3-0 up within 11 minutes. And I know Aberdeen recovered strongly, but nevertheless, it's another defeat against Celtic this season. How does that impact Hamden on May 27th, Gareth? Does it have an effect? Is this a standalone game? Or psychologically... Are Aberdeen damaged now? It's quite intrigued to hear Derek McInnes' words afterwards where he was saying the best players on the pitch over the, ninth, over the 90 minutes were in red. Johnny Hayes was the best player on the park, he said. Are you buying that? I can see where he's coming from. Do you see he's got a need to talk that he's way? He's got a need to talk that way. He's got a need to talk about how how they had to leave Celtic with an impression that, that they would be back and fighting and, would, and could give them a game. Now, he's talking across the 90 minutes, but... For the first, what was it, the first eleven minutes, there was only one team on Celtic the park, devastated and that's where it counts. Yeah. Once again, Aberdeen's defence was the the cause of that. Joe Lewis, third goal, could maybe question question him there, but it was a massive statement. And, and I was there, and and three 0 up, you're thinking how much, how bigger score is this going to become? The fact that Johnny Hayes then 
scored that that stunning goal was just what what they needed I think without that you know that ne- that gave them the boost they needed Aberdeen without that you know you, you would have you could have feared for Aberdeen but I don't think it's going to really I don't think it's going to have too much of an actual direct impact on, on what happens at Hamden we don't know if Ryan Jack is going to be back for instance um, we don't know if Dembele is going to be back no, for exactly. 100% sure you know? I mean the, the other thing is the, the other thing is well t- t- two things really I mean I think Graham Shinney should have had a penalty at three one when Craig when Craig Gordon uh, <coughs> when Craig Gordon uh, took him out. Yeah. The intriguing thing at Hamden, I guess, is whether Jaden Stockley or Adam Rooney's going to start. Derek McInnes went with Jaden Stockley. I think maybe because I think he, he felt they could hold the ball up a bit better. I mean, they're different players, but you would think that your yeah, your main man, your main striker, Look, would play in a game like that. Let me ask you a question here. I think clearly we know Celtic can win without Dembele. Can Aberdeen win without Ryan Jack? The final. If I'm being honest, Derek, I don't think Aberdeen can win. Full stop. Full stop. Yeah, regardless um, of who plays. Regardless of who plays. Um, that's nothing against Aberdeen. I just think the Celtic squad are too strong. They've got too many big game players. And I, I mean, I touched on it recently. I think Scott Brown will dominate, you know, can dominate that midfield. I don't think Aberdeen's midfield has, has, has maybe dominated, certainly early on in games. They, they showed what they could do a bit Pitadri on Friday night. But... Being blunt, it was it was too late. I, I I I mean I have to say, Gareth, this season I think Celtic's attitude under Brendan Rodgers has been outstanding. Yes, they've had a couple of games where they've had a wee wobble, a couple of draws. I suppose that's only to be expected. But they've they've maintained this attitude. Even you know they've long since won the league, but they still get that hunger, that desire. You know I think people were wondering they go to Aberdeen on Friday night. Could they could they lose? But they still have this insatiable appetite to win. They just want to keep on winning, and, and relentless. You, and you look at guys like, a, for example, a James Forrest, who's, who's over the years his fitness has been questioned, his injury record has been questioned. You know, you, you've even got guys like him mm-hmm. coming through a season as fit as he has, and as you say, continuing to run up and down the flanks when they're when they're three one up. Now, I think that's been one of the things that has really stood out. This this desire, you know. They can be three and up, and they're still going for the fourth. I mean, they're now they're now only three games away from domestic invincibility. They've got Partick Thistle on Thursday night away. They then have Hearts at home on the Sunday to collect the trophy, and then of course the cup final. Is this a formality now, Gareth? I said back. I think it was January or February. I thought there was something that, that said back then, even when they weren't. There were a couple of games back at the turn of the year when they weren't at their at their best but they still ground out the results and it was then that you looked at them and you thought no this team can this team can go on and and make history and and I, and I, th- I think they will I think they'll be treble winners and they'll finish the season without losing a domestic game you're listening to the William Hill sponsored Sun Sport Football Podcast I'm Derek McGregor I'm joined by Gareth Law and we're discussing Celtic and Gareth uh, our colleague Kenny McDonald has revealed today that Newcastle United are very keen on the hoop centre half Jozo Simeonovic no surprise I think he's interested in quite a few clubs would you see Brendan Rodgers be willing to sell him during the summer Gareth? Well he was willing to let him go at the start of the season when he went over to Italy Torino wasn't it he was willing to let him go then without really seeing him in action so I think things have changed slightly in that he does appreciate the quality of defender he's now got on his books but he's got Sviachenko there he's got, he's got a bit of cover there presumably he would be given funds to mm-hmm. to replace him and as we've seen with, with recruitment you can't really argue with 
Brendan Rodgers' recruitment too much <laughs> so far. So it wouldn't surprise you if it happened? The, the one thing that surprises me is Simunovic, as well as he's done, he's not of the kind of standout quality of a Virgil van Dijk, for example. You, you, you don't you don't kind of maybe appreciate his defensive qualities or, no, or possibly, well, I don't think his defensive qualities are up there with Virgil van Dijk, for example, but there's obviously a lot of interest in him. So he was prepared to let him go once, Derek. I, th- I, th- I think he would. I think he'd be confident enough that he could replace him. Now, we'll we'll look at potential incomings for Brendan Rodgers. And essentially, so far, Celtic have been linked with young players, mainly players who are on the fringes of English Premier League clubs. And you know, let's be honest, it's a formula that's worked for Celtic. But do you also expect Rodgers? to spend big on proven established names I think ideally he would want to but I just wonder I know what the answer will be to this but I just wonder why they have to because they've won everything in Scotland now we know the answer to the question is that they want to improve the quality they want to improve the record in Europe but then it's about convincing guys to come up here on that money breaking their wage structure I think it'll be I'd be surprised if they sort of broke broke the, the transfer records six million um, pounds yeah, yeah I think I mean they, they paid three and a half for Sinclair yep I would imagine somewhere something around around those kind of figures I would ex- expect to see spent but I, I, I'd be stunned it'd be it'd be fascinating and great for Scottish football if, if they went over the six million but I just wonder if, if they'll be reluctant to go all that way you're listening to the William Hill sponsored Sunsport football podcast I'm football editor Derek McGregor. I'm joined by Gareth Law. And Gareth, if we look at Rangers, Pedro Cascina has rubbished a transfer link with the Hearts midfielder Alexandros Tazilius, who he knows from their days together at Panathinaikos. Announced that one well, Derek. I thought yes. I was wondering how you were going to go with that. Not one. necessarily yeah. the correct way either, I have to confess. Uh-huh. A report that was in another paper. He's emphatically rubbished it, but how big a summer is it for Cascina with recruitment? I mean, is this make or break from this summer already? You know, he's, he, he's relatively five minutes in the job, but what he does during the summer in terms of recruitment, could that decide his fate? 100%. I mean, He's he also can, expressed his admiration for Ryan Jack, which we have reported. I think as much about recruitment, I think it's about getting people out the door as well to mm-hmm. facilitate the recruitment Just thereafter. Just as important for him. 100%, and there's going to be money needed to be spent to get rid of players before he can possibly bring some in. He'll need to free up some rules. He's already told Clint Hill and... Philip Senderos that they're not wanted which was easy enough because they were out of contract but it's it's going to be getting agents in to try and persuade them to 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 get their clients out of Rangers yet on the back of that they probably won't be able to command the type of money they've been earning while they've been at Rangers so yeah he's got a juggling act there I mean you, you, you look on the weekend against Hearts Hearts were down to 10 men yet they did you know at times it didn't look like they would under 10 men Rangers defence was all at sea at times despite I mean on the flip side you know Rangers did did pretty much dominate that first half of football but yeah huge season for for Kaishina he's, he's, he's talked about potentially bringing in guys he knows but there's also I mean we, we ourselves have reported that you know, the likes of Louis Moult Ben Hennigan Kenny McLean Ryan Jack there's clearly a a desire to, to get a, a sort of a, a Scottish core in there as well, which I think is I think is sensible. It's worked at Celtic. You, you can say that you know that, that you know they brought in your Stuart Armstrongs and these guys. Yep, you know, and, Megan, yeah, yep, totally. Um, yeah, yep. so I think I think that's and, and the guys who know the league as well. Yeah. The, again, the difficulty is Molt and uh, Milton Hennigan and Kenny McLean will all cost money. Yeah. Um, to to buy. So tomorrow night we have the Premiership 
semi-final first leg playoff Dundee United versus Falkirk at Tannadice intriguing game Falkirk finished second in the championship Dundee United right behind them I have to say Gareth surprised but also impressed by how comfortably United took care of Morton how do you see this one going obviously the return legs at Falkirk on Friday night how do you see this one going I find it interesting how Dundee United have played this season and, and I guess maybe their season was summed up in the two legs against Morton the, the first half against Morton Morton could have been out of, not, not out of sight but they could have been 2 or 3-0 up going yeah. in, a, in, a, you know, in the first leg then a Capella Ray, Ray McKinnon changed things at half time then the tweak worked and they didn't look back after that in terms of this game I think Falkirk aren't to be, un, aren't to be underestimated last season I think everybody was surprised by just how well they did they punched above their weight start of this season they had a poor start to the season and if somebody said to Peter Houston then you'd be finishing second in the league you'd be in the playoff semi-finals I think he'd have, he'd have snapped your hand off if they'd have done better at the start of the season they could have put a real challenge in against Hibs I think compared to this time last year Falkirk have got obviously the experience of last season but I think they've got a bigger squad a better squad a deeper squad and what made it hard for them last season was obviously they played the extra game in the playoffs and they didn't have a squad possibly that could cope with it in terms of rotation and, and bringing players in and just managing the squad that, that way I think this year they have they've got a Nathan Austin they've got a Miles Hippolyte you know Peter Houston can can tweak things a little bit if they were to play the next four if it was to be four games and I think I mean they've they played each other four times this year Falkirk have won two of them Dundee United have won one and I just think over the two the two legs I, I could see Falkirk Falkirk winning that one I'm Derek McGregor you've been listening to the William Hill sponsored Sunsport Football Podcast thank you for listening and thank you to also Gareth Law for Hi my name is Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic and I'm excited to talk to you about Club Med Club Med operates beach and mountain resorts and is the best all-inclusive getaway for families they have Club Med Punta Cana their flagship family resort and many other options in Mexico the Caribbean and around the world Club Med are the pioneers of the all-inclusive concept which is the best way to vacation great for families groups or even solo travelers looking for land and water sports delicious food Food and a place to make unforgettable memories. Visit clubmed.us, call 1-800-CLUB-MED or your travel advisor. His expert analysis and opinions. Cheers, Derek.